Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Pastor Carrick Butler. I lead Faith Christian Center here in Austell, Georgia. Pay attention to this message. I believe God is gonna say something to you that is gonna bless your life, change your life, and empower you and equip you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Listen up, and we'll talk to you at the end of today's broadcast. For the last Family Sunday, on December 30th, we started Lessons from the Hidden Temple. And so we had an adventure as we talked about faithfulness. Now, to help us with that adventure, you know, we had our very own adventurers come up and help us. And I, I just think that we need their help again today. So anybody need our adventurers to come back today? So once again, welcome our experienced adventurer, Georgia Jones. And then from the Adventure Attempt Agency, since I guess there is one, let's welcome Michael McGillagutty. So gentlemen, I thought, you know, today was going to be another day we can go on another adventure and discover one of the other hidden temples that we found. But I think even before we take another adventure, we need to take them through an adventure training academy. So they're ready. So everybody can be ready for the next adventure. I see some adventures are ready, but I don't know if everybody's ready. So here's what we're going to do. Who remembers our memory verse from last time? Uh-oh, okay, Proverbs. Go ahead. 2820, I heard that. Who knows what it says? Some of you close. Hint, hint, look at my notes. The faithful shall abound with. So let's say it together. Say the faithful shall abound with blessings. One more time. The faithful shall abound with blessings. So before we start this adventure, I need two teams. So we're going to break the congregation up to two teams. So this side is the Blue Eagles. Well, some of you were good. Let's try it again. This side is the Blue Eagles. This side is the Golden Lions. All righty. So guys, what I need you to do, I need you to pick me four individuals from the Blue Eagles and four individuals from the Golden Lions. And bring them to the stage because we need some help in our adventure today. All right, we got two kids, two teenagers. So more mature and the things of God in the years of life. None of you are 120, so you're not old, so just a little bit more mature. Coach Brown, come on up. All right, come on up, guys. All right. The Blue Eagles are right here. Oh, you'll see.
Come on, Blue Eagle. Someone has an adventuring spirit. I think Mr. Minor is a good person. I think they're good. All righty. One, two, three, four, five, six. We got six. Do we have two more adventurous people who just want to volunteer? All right, Miss Ashley, come on up. All right, come on, man. All righty. Oh, we got a volunteer right there, Brother Cecil. All right, Georgia Jones, we got him right there. All righty, all righty. Come on, so let's cheer for our teams. As the representative of the Blue Eagles, I need to hear your best eagle impression. Eagle impression? What does an eagle sound like? Uh, yeah. All righty. So he's going to do that one more time, but you guys have to fly like an eagle at the same time. All righty. Now, this side, stand up. So now you guys have to all do it together. Ready? One, two, three. All righty. Thank you, Blue Eagles. You can sit down. Now, this is our Golden Lions. It's okay. I want you to give me your best roar. Roar. All righty. So next time he roars, I need you guys to put your paws up. All right? All right. Let's try it again. All right, y'all know what y'all can do. Stand up. Put your paws up, and on the count of three. One, two, three. All right, you may be seated. You may be seated. So are you ready for an adventure? Yeah. The Golden Lions, I think, is just winning today. Are you ready for an adventure? Are you ready to learn more things about the Word of God? Are you ready to sow? Yeah. I lost some people. I was like, what? All right, pay attention. You understand. So, so we see the faithful shall abound with blessings, right? So let's say it again. Say the faithful shall abound with blessings. But see, in order to be faithful, you have to operate by what the Word of God says. Because you can't be faithful by your own standards. Because our own standards are fickle. Because one of the things we learned about being faithful last time was faithful people aren't fickle people. So to understand how to be faithful, we have to look at what the Word of God says. So one of of the reasons why people don't get a lot from the Word of God is because they approach it wrong. Now, how many have ever read the Word of God? Just be honest, we're in the house of God. It's okay. I'm not going to judge you. That you've read the Word of God and you didn't get anything from it. Anyone ever had that experience before? A lot of times, how many people say, well, I tried to, you know, do the word, but it just didn't work for me? Go ahead. Be honest in the house of God. Your kids are watching. They know. It's like, Pastor, they should raise their hand. I know it. And it's sometimes it's because we don't approach the word of God the right way. In order for the word to work for us, there has to be a certain way we engage the word of God. We have to sow, S-E-W. 
if you want the word to have its design impact, you're going to have to learn how to sow. All righty? So the first part, what sow stands for, the S, study. Now, before I even talk about this, I'm going to need some help. Teacher Faith, can you help me? Welcome, Teacher Faith, today. Pastor, it's important for people to study the word. All right, so it's important to study. So that's why we're going to have these team cards. Well, I'll jump over to the table. So some of us are familiar with studying because we're in school, some should be in school. Some of you used to go to school a long time ago. So, I want you, with the paper that's on your table and the pens, what would it look like to study? Any subject. So, get together, come up with some ideas, and I'll come back to you guys in about five minutes. So, how would you use the paper and the note cards that are on your table to study any subject? Teacher Faith may give you some clues if you need it. Now, congregation, I want you to open your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let's talk about sowing. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Let's look at what it says. Ready, set, read. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, the word study means to devote time and attention to acquiring knowledge on a subject, especially by means of books. It also means to look at closely in order to observe or read. Now, notice by implication, Paul is telling Timothy, you need to study so that you can rightly divide the word of truth, which means if you can rightly divide it, you can wrongly divide it. So the only way you can actually see what the Bible actually means is actually if you study. So if I'm going to study the Scripture, it's not just me opening the Bible, reading a chapter. That's not study. If I'm going to study the Scripture, I'm going to look up definitions of certain words, right? So I'm not just going to read a verse and go read through it. Okay, that great. I felt something. I may not have felt something. Keep on moving. I'm looking up definitions of certain words, especially if I'm using the King James or other translations where it's not as clear. What does this word mean? And so if I'm going to study further, I'm going to say, well, what does it mean in Hebrew? What does it mean in Greek? Well, now, what is the context of the Scripture? Well, Pastor, what do you mean by context? Who did the Holy Ghost use to write it? Who was he writing it to? Why was he writing it? What was going on with the author when he wrote it? What was going on with the audience when he wrote it? Because then you get into the mind of the Holy Ghost of why the Scripture was particularly written. So if you're going to study the Word of God, you have to take that thought process. Now, the three things, areas I'm going to give you today are things you should do on a regular basis. And so the studying the Word of God, this is what you need to do. Now, go to Joshua chapter 1. You need to study the Word. Because if you don't study the Word, you will take the Word out of context. And the thing is, if you take the text out of context, you're just left with a con. A lot of people can twist the Word of God against believers who don't know the Word in its context, and they fall for a con. You have to know what the Word says for yourself. 
you have to be able to study the Word for yourself. So if you ever have plans to study the Word of God, basically even what we teach on Sundays and Wednesdays, that means when you come to church, you should take notes. There's about four people. Let me, the Blue Eagles are quiet on me. Let's try the Golden Lions. So when you come to church, you should take notes. So what you do, so I give you my notes already. But you'll see on the notes, you'll see where you can add your own notes. And so as the Holy Ghost talks to you or brings something to your attention, you write it down, you type it down in your own notes. And the thing is, it's, you know, how many of you, you know, you have kids in school right now? You know, if they take notes in school, you tell them to take notes in school, right? Now, do they just take notes so they can fill up a notebook? Or are they supposed to look at their notes after they get home? Are they supposed to review the notes before the test? See, some, people, some Christians fail in the test of life because they never review notes. That the Holy Ghost will direct the pastor or whoever's in the pulpit to speak on a certain subject, and it may not be with something you're dealing, through, dealing with right now. Sometimes it's exactly what you're going through. But sometimes it's prophetically meaning it's going to come in the future. And now you have notes to know how to pass the test. It doesn't mean God sent the test. Life has many tests by itself. But if you look at your notes, because it's an open book test, you can use all your notes, you can use the entire book to win. But you only know how to apply it if you study the Word. Say, study the Word. Study the word. So Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law. Notice the word observe. Which Moses, my servant, commanded you, turn not to it from the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe, notice it again, to do according to all that is written therein, for then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. The word observe here means to fulfill, to comply, to pay attention to, and obey. So God is telling Joshua, you need to pay attention to this word so that you can obey it. Remember when we gave the definition of study, one of the definitions is observe. So God is telling Joshua, you need to study my word. And if you study my word, you're paying attention to my word, and you're going to be able to obey my word. It's hard to obey something when you don't know the context. See, you don't make a doctrine or a lifestyle out of a random scripture taken out of context. See, you let the Bible explain itself. Please don't turn to heathens and let them teach you the Bible. The Bible will explain itself. Out of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So you go through the scriptures, and then you build a lifestyle. Because even the most popular people get on news shows and say, well, this verse doesn't mean this, when there's tons of verses. Politicians and media people do it all the time. Please don't let them teach you the Bible. Now, some of them are saved. Some of these celebrities are saved. Some of these politicians are saved. They're baby Christians. They don't know the word for themselves. But you can go into words and say, well, what they're saying is not accurate. Oh, it's even dangerous. What they're saying is half true. Sometimes half-truths are more dangerous than a lie because with a half-truth, they grab onto it and say, well, that's kind of true, and it's twisted. You know what's another word for twisted? Wicked. So you have to know the word for yourself because I'm telling you, you got another presidential election coming. Everybody's going to quote the Bible. This is America. They will quote that book. Now, they may not know what it says. They may not understand what it means, but they're going to quote that book, but don't let them twist it out of context. You understand the Bible for yourself. So you must study it. And God promised him that if he studied and obeyed, he would prosper wherever he would go, and he would have a good success. So if you want to, who wants to prosper wherever they go? Who wants to have good success? 
then you need to study the word and obey it. And if you rightfully divide it, you understand what part of the word is actually talking to you. See, all the Bible is for you, but not all the Bible is about you. And not all the Bible is talking to you. There are three groups of people on the earth. There's the church, there are the Jews, and there are the nations. You can only be a member of one group. So don't be, well, people say, well, because, you know, uh, you know, I'm Jewish by my descendant because this, this, and that, and the diaspora, this new diaspora, and then that diaspora. So, you know, really, I'm a Jew, so I need to do the law. No. no. If you're saved, you're in the church. You can't be a member of multiple groups. And so there are things in the Bible that are speaking directly to the Jews. There are things in the Bible speaking directly to the nations. But there are things in the Bible that are speaking directly to the church. And the things that speak directly to the church is where you need to spend the most time studying. It's where you need to spend the most time reading. I encourage you to read through the Bible. But when it comes to studying and understanding and reading the most, you want to spend the most time in the New Testament letters. You read that, you understand how you're supposed to live today. Now go to James chapter 1, studying the Word. You guys almost ready? You guys about two minutes before I'm coming back to you guys. James chapter 1. We'll look at verse 22. We need to study the Word. But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's like a man that beholds his natural face in a mirror. For if he looks at himself or beholds himself and goes his way and straight and forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty, the Word of God, and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The word behold here means to observe. Once again, that means to study and to fix your attention on. So he gives the example of someone who wakes so imagine you wake up in the morning. Most of you, I hope, looked in the mirror before you left the house. Some of you paid attention to how you look. Some of you got some eye crust out of your eyes and fixed some drool hanging out your mouth. And maybe you washed your face. You know, that's always a good idea. And you studied how you looked to make sure that you were presentable by your definition when you left the, your house, right? But imagine if you look at the mirror, you see the crust in your eyes, you see the drool hanging out your mouth, you know, maybe you got a booger hanging out or something. And then you turned away. And you forgot what you looked like. And you just walked out the house and you just live in life. You were like, why are people looking at me that way? What happened? This is the same way of people who hear the word and don't do it. See, when you study the word, it will show you how you look spiritually. It will show you how your actions look before God. It will show you what your life is really like. The Word of God, as you it's preached to you or as you study, you'll understand it. But if you don't do it, you're just like the person who looked in the mirror and never made any changes. So it's important that we study the Word of God so we understand how we're supposed to live our lives. And we are to study it no matter how young we are and how old we are. Because the Bible will speak to you no matter where you are in life. No matter your lack of experience or your surplus of experience, you have to study the Word. Because Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So as you study the word, you look at all Psalm 119, you see the psalm about how much he loves the word, how much time he spends in the word, even how he studies the word. 
And so as you study the word in context, it lights up your path. So instead of going, well, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, you know, living in 2019 is so confusing, get in the word more, study the word more, life will become more clear. See, the way of the world is confusing. That's why it's called the Babylonian system. It's twisted. It's confusing. And you keep doing that, you'll be more and more confused. But if you live by the word, it becomes easier to live. Let's take a little very simple example. You know, the Bible says, thou shalt not lie. It says in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Telling the truth is straightforward. Lying is confusing. Because what happens if you lie to one person and you lie to another, you got to remember what lie you told the last time. Until the last time. And you keep lying, and then you get confused, and you tell the wrong lie to the wrong person. And they say, wait a minute, you told me last time. That is confusing. That is stressful. But if you just speak the truth in love, as the Bible says, you don't have to remember what you said last time, because what you said last time was the truth. The way of the world is confusing. The way of the Bible is simple. That you can actually do it. All right, let's check in with our teams. All righty. So, Teacher Faith, how are they doing? They're doing good. They're ready. All righty. So, what did you guys write on your note cards? We came up with seven things that we thought was required in order to study properly. Okay. Oh, nice. We made up some cue cards. Okay. Reminders. They made cue cards as reminders, seven different ways that will help you study. And we made a list, and this young gentleman is going to read off our list. All righty, buddy. Go ahead and read it for me. Teacher Faith doesn't give the mic, so we can hear Prepare your mind, get enough sleep, find a quiet place, practice focused material, pray over what we study. Good job. Wait, way to go. Good job, Golden Lions. All right, Blue Eagles, what you guys got? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you have to know your subject. Uh, the books are online. I'm ready to read and write, mm -hmm. highlight. Index cards, paper, slides, Cornell notes, notebook, review, study buddy, questions, answers, formulas and procedures, system for repetition, lab work, lab reports, recorder, and Google, and the most important one is prayer before. Great job, Luigi. Go ahead. Go ahead, guys. Come on, go Alliance, come on. All right. So notice. And that's all you do for an academic subject. You have to take that same mindset when it comes to studying the Word of God. And you notice how they say get enough sleep. It's hard to read the Word when you're sleeping. You read the Word in the morning, waking up early, but you stayed up too late watching Trevor Noah or Jimmy Fallon and Netflix. And then you wake up going, oh. mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, that's good, Paul. And then the alarm goes up, oh, no, I got to go to work. So that means if you're going to study, you have to plan to study. So you do all these things that they said, but you approach the Word of God in the same way if you want to study the Word. Amen? Thank you, Teacher Faith. Go ahead and give Teacher Faith a hand. So we said so. But you got to stay, stay. Y'all not done yet. So the next part is an E. So we study the Word. That's one way to approach the Word. That's one way to engage the Word. But there's another way to approach the Word that you need to do on a regular basis. And Chef Faith, I need your help on this one. I'll be back on table four. Take the omelet with table four. Hey, I'll be back. 
That's a great idea. Eat the word of God. Eat the word. So we study the word, but we not also need to eat the word. So while I tell you what eat the word means, they need another example. I don't want them to be bored. You guys want them to be bored standing behind me? No. They need something to do. So So wait, don't touch it yet. Oh, you'll find out. If you can't tell, I'm really enjoying this. The secret ingredient, Dorita. You guys got a Kit Kat? So, you know, any good chef knows how to make a great meal no matter the ingredients. So I've put together some random, and I do mean random, <laughs> ingredients. And you guys have to put together a meal and come up with a good name for it. Okay. All righty? And so, so that we meet all appropriate standards, here's some gloves. Put some gloves on. Here's the gloves for them, and you guys get to preparing a great meal, and there should be an extra plate under that plate, so you guys have some room for whatever combination you guys come up with. Aren't you guys interested in seeing their combinations? Because they got some Doritos up here, a maple donut, the ends of a loaf of bread, some bananas, um, some candy. Oh, oh um, if one of us is going to get the ice cream that's in my freezer, there's this one ice cream container that's like, it's like space age, you go grab that, you know, so they can have some, you know, extra topping on top. All righty. So while they do this, it's important that we eat the word. Amen? Amen. Well, Jeremiah 3.15 says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So one of the jobs of pastors is to serve up a spiritual meal that gives knowledge and understanding. So when you come to church, one of the things that's happening to your spirit is you're being fed the Word of God. Now, how many of you eat more than once a week? Well, no, that's too easy by today's standards. You know, this is 2019. You know, because I looked at statistics, you know, how often Americans come to church. And Georgians actually come to church more often than Americans, so I can't say once a week. Let's go about once every six weeks. How many of you eat more than once every six weeks? Once every four weeks. Once every two weeks. Once a week. Once a day. So some of you eat on a regular basis, right? We're just going to do one. And so Chef Faith, if you can take a spoon and put some of that on their plate. So if you eat naturally more than once a week, but you eat at least every day, doesn't it make sense to feed your spirit every day? 
imagine if you only, your physical body only ate once every six weeks. What would you be like? Malnourished? Right? Barely hanging on to life itself? Right? That's why people are spiritually weak. Because the thing is, although physical bodies can die, spirits can't die. So you can be malnourished to the point of no nutrition whatsoever in your spirit and still live. And that's why people have a lot of challenges because they never feed their spirit. You need to feed your spirit on a regular basis. You need to eat the Word of God if you expect to be strong. If you expect to be victorious in this life, you need to feed yourself the Word of God. You know, Peter says in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, desire the sin-still milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. So even if you're a baby Christian, you need to train yourself to want the Word. So even if you just got saved yesterday, you're not ready for a steak, you just need a bottle. You enjoy that bottle. You got to get the Word. You know, 1 Peter 5, 2, Peter's talking to pastors. He says, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking oversight thereof. So he's telling the pastors, once again, one of your jobs is to feed people the Word of God. So one of my chief assignments in leading this congregation is make sure they're fed the Word of God. And so the thing is, I'll feed you the Word of God with creative examples. Why? Because you'll remember it. So I can just stand up here monotone and say, well, the Bible says this, that, and the other. It's anointed because it's the Word. It's anointed because it's blessed. But half of y'all be asleep. But the thing is, because I want to engage your spirit as well as your mind, so you apply it later, there's creative examples. We keep doing things because we live in a day and age where things are racing. We live in an entertainment capital, so things are even quicker. We watch TV that is made for your mind to go boom, 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 boom. And so the thing is, we have to take that in context when we apply the Word of God. So even though... It may seem like a slower speed for you to eat the Word every day. That is something what you need to do. Because if not, you'll be malnourished. And if you're a malnourished Christian, you'll act just like the rest of the world. Although you have heaven insurance. Hebrews 5.12 says, for when the time you ought to be teaching. So he's talking to people that says, you should be teaching the Word by now. You have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracle of God. Or you need to go back to kindergarten. And are become as such you have need milk. You need a bottle again and not a steak. For everyone that takes a bottle or uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a baby. But strong meat belongs to them that are full of age. Those who are mature. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and eat. So you have to grow to a point where the bottle is not enough. But you need a steak. By that point... You're a word addict. You're like, oh, I need the word. I need the word. I need the word. I need the word. I got to eat the word. I got to eat the word. Why? That's going to produce in your life. And you have to be a person, you have to train yourself to desire the word of God. Because it's not always automatic. You know you need it, but sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes instead of reading the word, you want to watch TV. Don't look at me like that. Let's be honest. Sometimes instead of reading the word, you want to play a game on your phone or whatever you want to do. Some of you want to play Fortnite. Those things aren't wrong. But if you get them out of order, see, entertainment's not bad. But when entertainment takes the place of your spiritual nutrition, then you're in trouble. 
So remember Joshua 1.8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. The word meditate here means to say continually. It means to think on. It also needs to roar. So studying the Word of God, you necessarily don't need to read it out loud while you're studying. But if you want to eat the Word of God and receive spiritual nutrition, you need to read it aloud. The Word of God is designed to be read out loud. So if you desire spiritual nutrition, you need to read the Word, speak the Word, and hear the Word. That's why you hear me say continually, you need to read at least one chapter a day out loud. Now, you don't have to yell it, but it doesn't need to be audible. Why? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Go there with me. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Oh, wow. Y'all fancy with it. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend or pay attention to my words. Incline thy ear unto my saying. If they're saying, it's something that's said out loud, right? Let them not depart from your eyes. So that means you're reading it. Keep them or guard them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health, that words also medicine to all their flesh. So I want you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes for a second. Not the people on the stage, but everybody else. So go so golden lions, blue eagle, close your eyes. I want you to think about your favorite food, whatever it is. You know, some of you, 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 eat, you like the roaches of the sea. You like the shrimp and the lobsters and crab. No conviction. But if that's you, think about those roaches of the sea. No conviction. So think about your favorite food. Can you see it in your mind? Can you imagine it? Imagine yourself eating your favorite food. Anybody imagine themselves eating it? Now open your eyes. Now, you imagining your favorite food, you remembering your favorite food, you memorizing your favorite food, do that give you any nutrition? See, the memory of a potato never fed anybody. You just remembering the Word of God won't feed you either. Just because you were taught the Word once. Man, I heard faith in the 80s. I heard it once again in 2005. That's great, but have you eaten some recently? Just because you remember something doesn't mean you're fed spiritually. That if you want to be fed spiritually, you need to read it out loud. You need to hear the word preached if you want to receive spiritual nutrition. That's why I encourage you to read one chapter aloud a day and at least listen to one message a day. So your spirit is continually being fed. But also says Proverbs 4.22 that it's health or medicine to all our flesh. So the word of God is spiritual food for our spirit but it's also medicine to our body. The Word of God is medicine. Now think about medicine. You know, a lot of medicine that's prescribed, you take it once and it doesn't fix it immediately. They usually say, well, I want you to take it for this amount of weeks. Take it every day or twice a day or three times a day for these weeks or these months or however long you're on that medicine, right? So the Word of God is supposed to be taken like medicine. So I encourage you to read at least one healing scripture every single day. Take your spiritual medicine. Now, if you have natural medicine, take that too. But that's a good place to remember. If you're taking your natural medicine, remember, oh, I'm going to take my word of God at the same time. So while you're taking whatever pills you have to take, whatever medicine you have to take, well, I'm taking by the Jesus stripes, I am healed. 
But don't just say it out loud. Look at it. It says keep it in front of your eyes. And then read it out loud. So if you have a medicine cabinet, you might want to put your favorite healing scripture on that medicine cabinet. So right before you open it, you say that out loud. What are you doing? You're taking your medicine. Now, you take it every day whether you feel sick or not. You may feel great. Take some healing scriptures because if it's not medicine, it's also like a vitamin. But you say, well, Pastor, what if I am dealing with some type of physical ailment? Then you can take it more than once a day. You need to take it multiple times a day. You need to keep feeding until you have the victory. A lot of people just want the gifts of healing to manifest on Sunday and clear it up for them. But that's not always how the Holy Ghost moves. Because think about it. Even if that did happen for you on a Sunday, but you were in pain on Monday, and you can't make it to church on Wednesday, that means you have to go through six days of pain just to make it to church. Or you can take your medicine and have a testimony by the time you get to church on Sunday. You don't have to wait till Sunday to get healed. You can take the word on a regular basis and walk in divine health. Healing is great. Divine health is better. But if you want divine health, you have to eat the word of God on a regular basis, and you have to take your medicine on a regular basis. Why? What happens as you eat the word? You're hearing the word out loud. You're saying it out your mouth. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you eat the word... Your faith will grow. A lot of people don't win in life because they've never grown their faith. Keep eating the word of God on a regular basis, you'll become a faith giant. Amen? Now, who wants to check in and see how our teams are doing? All right. So, Chef Faith, tell me about it. What's going on? We have team. This is the Golden Lions. Golden Lion. Team Golden Lion. Can I hear it for him? This is team. Blue Eagles. Blue Eagles. I, I'm going to okay, start with the Blue Eagles. They're going to present the name of their uh, presentation here. Okay. So what's the name oh, of your so meal? Who's our speaker? Okay. The name of our meal is the Admiral Souffle. Come on, let everybody see. Now look at this. Uh-oh. It was pretty. Very creative. Nice little tower there with a little fence around it. It was great. Very nice. Thank we'll you. We'll screenshot it later and show you guys the picture. Next team. Tell us what you have. Our meal is the Blue Eagles Explosion. The Blue Eagles Explosion. It's exploded with a fish in the sea with bananas and Snickers sandwich for lunch. Mm. Now, do you know what's better than creating a meal? And the thing is, we want the honor to go to the most mature among them. So, Coach Brown, if I you need take a taster, a, we need a taste test this meal. You know, and I can give it to any of the kids so the parents don't blame me for the sugar rush. So, so are, you, are you tasting the herbs and the sweetness? So, between and the, the two of you guys, go flavor. ahead and enjoy the explosion. Okay. Well, you guys can have it later, but let's let them have the first honor. <laughs> let's taste the flavors, the aroma. Mmm. That's a 2019. How's that? <laughs> so tell me, what do you think? Your creation. That was delicious. <laughs> of course, of course. What so tell me, coach? what do you think? Well, I think Chef Ramsey needs to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to produce him today. It's a Chef Face show. No, I'm just kidding. All Let's give him all a hand. Come on, let's cheer for Chef Faith. Thank you, Chef Faith. Go ahead and cheer for him. 
So we study the Word, we eat the Word, but we also need to work out the Word. So to get to this point, come on, welcome Coach Faith. Say that for the gym. Pause. Give Coach Faith a hand. All righty. You guys can go back to your seat. Give our teams a hand. Go ahead and cheer for them. Didn't they do a great job? Come on, Golden Lions. Come on, Blue Eagles. All righty. So how many know you should work out your physical body? But if you want the word to work for you, you have to put the word to work. So it reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood. You can see her story in Matthew chapter 9 and, and other places in the Word of God. It says she heard about Jesus. So she heard that Jesus was anointed to heal. But she began to say within herself, if I can just touch the border of his clothes or the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Now, why did she say that? That seems kind of random if you're just reading it at face value. But if you study the word, you understand that in Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, it says when the son of righteousness appears, he'll have healing in his wings. And that word wings means the border of his prayer garment. So because she had heard it taught or studied the word for herself, she knew whenever the Messiah showed up, there will be healing in the border of his clothes. So now she has the word. Now she knows Jesus is here. So she began to say within herself, the Amplified Classic Edition says, said continually. So she said on a regular basis, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed and made whole. If I can just touch the border of his garment, I'll be whole. If I can touch the border of his garment, I can be whole. What is she doing? She's working the word. She's saying it continually and continually and continually. She kept saying it so much, it moved her out of her house. Because it's good to say it, but then it comes a point you got to act on it. So she said it so much, her faith got so strong, and moved her out of the house. 
in her weak state to push through a crowd where she wasn't supposed to be to get close enough to Jesus and touch the border of her garment, and immediately she was whole. Now, you want to see something deep about the story? Because she got back in the crowd, and Jesus looked around, who touched me? Healing power went out of me. So remember, Jesus is fully God, but he walked this earth as 100% God, 100% man. So walking as 100% man, he didn't know everything at all times unless God told him. So the healing had everything to do with Jesus. We know the context, but when you look at it by faith, did Jesus do anything? No, and other times we see Jesus lay hands on people. We see Jesus pray for people. Jesus never prayed for this woman. Jesus was on the way to Jairus' house. He wasn't thinking about this woman. He was thinking about Jairus' daughter. But this woman, through the working out of the Word of God and the activation of her faith, changed the direction of the ministry of the Son of God with her faith. She had said such continually. She built her faith and moved out of her house. And what did Jesus say to her? Daughter, be of good cheer. Be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. Well, the power got healed her, yeah. But Jesus said, your faith did it. Her faith. You got to put the word to work if you want your faith to work for you. See, because we know Mark chapter 11, when Jesus tells us to have faith in God, have the faith of God. Like, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. You can have what you say. That's a lot of people's problem in here. You have what you said. So you have to change what you say on a regular basis. Now, don't just make up something, well, I'm going to be a millionaire by tomorrow. Well, that's great, but what word are you standing on? Because if it's not found in the word, it's make-believe. It's not believe. It's not belief. It's make-believe. So if you're going to build your faith, you have to get what the word actually says, know what it says in context, so you're eating the word, and now you're working out the word. And you have to say it on a regular basis. Well, Pastor, how often do I say it? Do you get it? You know, the thing is, if you desire to be fit, you don't just work out once. Right, Coach Faith? Amen. It's a lifestyle. And the thing is, as much as you want to believe in a six-pack, <laughs> as much as you want to pray in tongues and get biceps, it doesn't work that way. You have to exercise. You have to do some work. You have to have some resistance to that pressure, which is the weights, right? And the same way in life, pressure's coming your way, you need to learn how to push back. You have to learn how to work your faith and put your faith in action. Because then you'll have what you say because you're speaking the word of God. Because then the issue is not becoming, does God want me to be healed? Yes, but are you going to grab it with your faith? Well, does God want me to know what to do? Yes, but are you going to grab it with your faith? See, a lot of people miss miracles because they look like work. They just want something to drop out of heaven. But you also need to work, that your, your hands are anointed to work, your hands are blessed to work. Some people aren't prosperous not because they don't have faith, not because they haven't sold seed, but they're just sitting at home doing nothing. Well, so you have to put your faith to work. You have to put 
the word to work. You need to say it continually, and then you need to act on it. But also we see in Ephesians 6, 17, the word of God is a sword. You do battle with the word. You don't stop letting life happen to you. You go happen to life. We know Matthew chapter 4, Satan came to tempt Jesus, and he's tempting him. And some instance, twisting the word. But how did Jesus battle Satan? He spoke the word. It is written. So when temptation comes your way, you have to respond, it is written. When depression comes your way, you have to respond, it is written. When a life situation that's negative comes your way, you have to respond, it is written. Why? You're battling that situation with the Word of God. See, there's faith talk that builds your faith, and then there's talk that releases your faith. But how many know you can't release your faith if you never built it? And so as you build your faith, and you're ready to handle the situation, well, what should I say? Pause. Look on the inside. Lord, what do you want me to say to this situation? Because you see in Mark chapter 11, the nine words, speak unto them, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Those nine words, same like it was nine words when Jesus spoke to the fig tree. No man eat heat fruit of you hereafter forever. Nine words. What are those? Where did he get those words from? The heavenly father. Remember Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see him do. So once you build your faith and you need to make a faith command to a situation, you pause on the inside. Lord, did we just quote a scripture about this or is there something specific you want me to say? And then you say it and you move on. Why? Now you're releasing your faith. Now, how many understand as you study the Word, as you eat the Word, and you work the Word, it's going to take time? And it's going to take you engaging your mentality to make sure you engage the Word of God correctly. Because people who just try to mix it all together don't have the Word work for them. But if you want, as God promised Joshua, for wherever you go to prosper and to have good success, or as God said through James that you can be blessed in your doing, you need to study the Word, you need to eat the Word, and you need to work the Word. Say, study the Word, eat the Word, work the Word. One more time. Say, study the Word, eat the Word, work the Word. Thanks for watching the Faith Broadcast today. We hope you enjoyed the message. We'd love to hear from you. So if you're watching us, you can follow us on social media. Our social media handles on Twitter and Instagram is at WeAreFaithATL. You can also go to our website at FCCJ.com. Follow us on social media. Follow us on our YouTube channel. Contact us online. We'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful day.